morning, church. Welcome to church this morning. I don't know if you noticed, we were up here having a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um, there's just a spirit of gladness that the Lord has for us to enter into this morning. Amen. A spirit of joy. Um, the scripture that's on my heart this morning is in Song of Solomon, um, Song of Songs, uh, chapter 6. It says, I am my beloved, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. And that's just been resonating in my spirit since before I even opened my eyes this morning. And there is such joy and such comfort in that. I am his. I belong to him. I am his problem, not my problem. I can just put myself right in his, in, in his arms. And so I'm excited this morning. Um, I'm excited to enter into worship with joy this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, stand with me. The spirit of gladness. As we were praying, we almost felt an anointing for gladness today. And it's just something I sure am excited to receive today. Amen? We come and we give and we worship. We also come and we receive from Him. And I want to receive His gladness, not my gladness, not based on circumstances, not based on, yeah, on good coffee, coffee, which does bring a smile to my face periodically. Like quite a bit recently, because I wasn't used fast. I was fasting that for a while. But I'm going to read out of Luke 19. And this is, you know, Jesus is getting ready to enter into Jerusalem. And it's towards the end of his ministry, the end of his life. I just want to, you don't have to read it with me. I just want to just read it out loud and just, just listen to the words. It says, Then, as he was now drawing near, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. Church, the whole multitude of the disciples, it wasn't the inner three, it wasn't the twelve, it was all the disciples. How many of you are a disciple here this morning? How many of you are a disciple ready to worship the King of Kings? And it said they all began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Church, with a loud voice. Shout on to God. Shout on to God today. For all the mighty works they had been saying, listen to this, church, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place. We rejoice with gladness. We worship with gladness. We turn our eyes, our hearts, our attention, our focus to you and to you alone. And we thank you, Lord, when we do that, everything else begins to fade away. And we thank you that you are here with us today. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship. He is worthy this morning. He's worthy every morning all the time. He's worthy of our trust. This morning, the faithfulness of God, that scripture, I am my beloved's and he is mine. He is worthy of our trust. Have you ever been in a situation and you're upset? You're just like, don't I deserve the benefit of the doubt? Haven't I proven myself to be fill in the blank? Haven't I proven myself to be a hard worker? Haven't I proven myself to be a good mom? Haven't I proven myself? Why would you come at me right away like I'm going to fail you? 
as a, I'm just using me as an example, as a mom. Why, in our, you know, when the washer breaks down or when the puppy accidentally swallows a couple of pills and you have to induce vomiting, why is the first response not, you know, I trust you, Lord. Right now, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I'm not going to get into like self-pity. I'm not going to be like, oh, of course. Like I need this right now. Like I can handle this right now. Instead of saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you because you, you don't ever put anything in front of me that isn't for my good. Whatever comes at me, even an attack of the enemy, I will win and I will stand taller and higher. I will take ground. My children will prosper because I just fought this battle with the enemy that I will win. And I love this. I love this part of the song, like through every loss and victory. Do you know that there is, like we experience loss in this life. There's just no way to get around it. We experience loss, but we don't ever lose in Christ. So we can, we can, we can just um, experience that loss and experience that sorrow. We can walk through it with Jesus, but we knowing with that hope, it's a hope that the world doesn't have, that we don't ever lose. So something may have been taken or something may have shifted that feels not good and it feels like loss, but we can trust in God's faithfulness. We can say, God, okay, the washer broke down today. Thank you, Jesus, because you're bringing a new washer in so, because there's, there's a future here. Today must be the day. This must be the week for a new washer. I can do it. We can do it. Our washer didn't break down. That's just an example, okay? I don't want you all to worry. Y'all are so sweet. And sometimes I give examples, and sometimes they're out, they are real, but a lot of times they're not. So um, our washer didn't break down. He's faithful, church, and he's worthy of our trust. He's proven himself. Let's step into a higher level of trust this week. We're going to come to the communion table this morning, and um, we're going to come with rejoicing. We're going to come with rejoicing this morning. Um, what he's done, the body and the blood of Christ. This is a divine impartation of grace. That's become my new favorite sentence of 2022. I need a divine impartation of grace, and I want it, and I'm going to have it this morning. So I'm going to dismiss you all to move to the communion tables. The, the center plate is gluten-free. Um, the, yeah, you all can start moving while I'm talking. It's fine. You'll come down, you'll pick up your cups, and you'll circle back around to your seats, holding on to your elements. We're going to partake of them together as a church family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Gladness. With gladness. With joy. We think on, we reflect, we remember the price that you paid. We thank you. We thank you that you defeated the grave.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You deserve it all, Lord. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Thank You, Lord, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. That He may be glorified. So Father, we glorify You. We thank You. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you with gladness. We thank you. <laughs> we thank you. It's nothing we've done. Not our works, but yours. Not our sacrifice, but yours. Not our perfection, but yours. 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 Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, He took bread. When He had given thanks, He broke it. And He said, Take, eat. This is My body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant, church, the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We glorify you. We honor you. We honor you. We give you the highest praise. For you truly do deserve it all. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me as we continue to worship. Uh, the altars are open. Lately, I've been struggling a lot with feelings of inadequacy and not feeling good enough. And I felt like God was just saying that I wasn't the only one struggling with that right now. And I was praying in my car the other day, and I love how God speaks to me sometimes because I can be so thick. And he, I said, God, I just don't feel good enough like in anything. I just don't feel good enough. And he was like, that's none of your business. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's none of your business. And I just felt like he was asking me to encourage you guys today that how you feel about yourself does not matter if it does not align with what God says about you. 
He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are his child. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought that you've ever had. He knows you. And if you don't feel like you have confidence in yourself, that's okay as long as you have confidence in him and what he created you to do. I'm going to take that one step further. Take your hands off of what your hands don't belong on. I tell them, don't touch things that aren't yours. You know, I get mad. I get mad at my kids. They touch things that don't belong to them. They touch things that don't belong to them. And they cause confusion and delay. Confusion and delay. Take your hands off of what God, what is God's business. L, yes. Yes, and do you know what it takes to obey God when you're feeling that way and to be a minister when the devil's telling you you're not good enough? It takes faith. It takes faith. And you know what ministry is? It's a ministry of faith, not a ministry of perfection. We certainly wouldn't be your pastors. Y'all know that by now, yeah? It's not a ministry of perfection. It's a ministry of faith. Eyes on Jesus, church. Eyes on Jesus. Hands off of your own affairs because you belong to him. You are his beloved. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, that was good. That was good. Oh, man. I don't know. Can you guys feel that? Sometimes when we get into worship, I can feel, like I can feel, I feel like I'm pressing in to heaven. And it's his, it is, it's his glory. And it presses back, it like presses back like a weighted blanket. And it, it just feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah. Psalm 20, we'll close worship with this. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Father, I'm just reminded that as we pray and as we lift things up to you, we take our hands off of them and we give them to you. Casting our cares means that. We, We cast them, we throw them. It's not a fishing pole. You don't cast the care and then reel it back in. Come on, church. Don't reel it back in today. Whatever you came in with, cast it to him now. Even now, come on. Even now, just cast him that care, that burden. Take your hands off of it. Put it in his hands. For he is the great I am. He is the great I am. He is everything we need. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Good. So we move into this time of greeting. This is our time to encourage one another. Um, if you're an ECF kid, you know Kid Corner, you can go get your bag. If this is your first time with us, we welcome you. We love to worship together um, with the saints on a Sunday morning. We welcome you. If you have a child with you, um, I have a special gift bag, or not a gift bag, a guest bag for them uh, with some little things they can use during the service to enjoy sermon time. Um, so that's over there. Our family room is open. It's straight across the lobby from here, straight across. Uh, that's for parents and kids ages 3 to 8-ish. Um, it's a place you can go if during the service they're finding Pastor Jason a little uh, Long not... Long-winded? You're never long-winded, honey. <laughs> He's never long Well, not from... At home you're long-winded, but when that anointing up here, man, I just take it all day long. At home it can be a little... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Look who's talking, okay? I'm just saying, if you were a fly on the wall, it definitely is. This is uh, just a joke because I'm the... Anyway. Um, family room. That's where I'm at. Uh, you can listen to the service in there. It's a great little space um, for kids to play and still be able to hear the message. Um, nursery is open for parents. Again, you can hear the you can hear the message, but babies can play in there, uh, ages like one to th- or zero to three. And I think that's all. Offering. If you have your tithes and offerings with you today, bring them up with great joy. Uh, there are buckets up here during the um, during the break, and I'm super excited. Can I say it? Do I have to wait? You can say it. Did anyone notice? Did anyone notice? All right. This is so exciting. I don't keep track of this, okay? This isn't my my pastoral sandbox. He keeps track of this. But last Sunday, I came to church, and I do... I do different. I just do whatever I feel led to do when I come in. And I was over here, and I couldn't leave. And um, as we walked in, Maverick City Promises was on. And I'm telling you, man, we put headphones on at home, and we just worshiped to that song. And it came on. I was like, ooh. I, and I couldn't leave. And I just kept just singing that song, the promises of God, what you say will come to pass in Jesus' name. So when I came in this morning and he told me, oh yeah, a block came down. I I mean, I was just so excited, church. God builds his church and nothing will come against it. If you partner, when you bring your tithes and offerings, you are giving, but you are sowing and receiving more than you could ever possibly give, ever. And y'all already know that. So be blessed. Church, it's announcement time. The first announcement is there's a football up here. I'm, I don't know about you, but I think that when he preaches with a football, I feel like the anointing is greater. I mean, I don't know if that's true. We'd have to like do a study on it. But when I see the football sitting here, I, I get a little bit excited. Okay. Now that I have your attention, um, a couple things to talk about this morning. The first one is this Wednesday. Where's my slide? Because that's where, where I... See, if I get all my info to talk to you from the slide, you guys should look at the slide because that's where I'm talking from. Um, this Wednesday, worship and prayer, 6.30 to 8. This is the first Wednesday of February. And every month on the first Wednesday, we come together as a church for a night of worship and prayer. Now, it's not a worship night. We just had a worship night um, last Friday, Friday, like the 21st. I don't know if it's the right date, but it was awesome. A worship night is open and welcome, like, hey, y'all, and then it's song, 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 awesomeness, close, okay? That's a worship night. A prayer, this first Wednesday of worship and prayer, it's an open, like, hey, y'all, welcome. And then it's like song flowy in the Holy
Holy Spirit and like song flowy in the Holy Spirit. And people are free to just walk and pray. It's really a soaking time. It's a time where if you have something that you need prayer for, you can get prayer. If you feel led to pray, you can ask for the mic and pray, or you can just pray. Um, it's really a more um, open time. You can come and just be all unto yourself. We used to do these kind of in like 2019. We had a bit of like a flowy worship prayer time, and that back corner wasn't closed off like it is now, and I used to just like go hide in that back corner and just, it was like this little nook, and I loved it back there. Um, So our team, our worship team comes out, and they they just create this wonderful atmosphere. Um, that welcomes the Holy Spirit. So if you can come, you can come at 642. You could come at 804. You can come anytime in that time frame and just walk on in. So you're not going to be interrupting anything. You're going to be entering into something that's been prepared for you by our worship team and by our leadership staff. So uh, that's a long announcement. I welcome you to come out, check it out, and just get a little dose of heaven in the middle of your week, this week, because it's the first Wednesday of the month. Um, Okay, what else I have for you is a couple of things that I added. There are no slides. On the back table are, Pastor Jason preached, was it just last week, on the Lord's Prayer, telling you, I feel like it was one of the one of the best messages I've ever heard. It just was powerful, and I enjoyed it immensely. And on the back table, there was um, a half sheet for you that you could keep in your Bible of the Lord's Prayer, um, and there's just a couple more back there. So if you didn't get one, this is your week. Go ahead and grab it. And when I say back table, it's right in the sanctuary, that little black table at the back of the row of chairs right there. It's not in the lobby. Um, and then the last thing is, is if you signed up for nursery, um, thank you for working with Tammy this past week and two to kind of go back and forth on clearances. The process is happening, okay? It's coming, um, uh, and I just want to thank you. That's the first step in the process is working on getting clearances. I'll tell you as just as a little nursery update to the congregation, I feel like we have around eight people and I have on the list like two subs for nursery. I really would like to have about four more. Um, uh, youth need to be about 12 and up in order to be an effective helper in the nursery. Um, But if it's something that you're interested in, if it's something you're willing to do to bless moms who come um, and to um, serve this church family, please let me know. Uh, It's not a huge, it can be a smaller commitment or it can be a a really regular commitment. The second one is better. Um, But I just want to put that out there. The next thing nursery volunteers that is coming at you is training. So I'm going to be contacting you here in the next week or two with some dates. We got to get together. We got to talk about the room and all the processes and all that fun stuff. That's what I have. How many ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? Amen? Well, we talked about it already. Anybody see that number? No, it's okay. I'll read it to you. We made them small so you'd have to come over here, you know, on purpose. But just kidding. Because <clears throat> we have the, each one of those squares is a $25,000 square. So every time we take off one and we cover one up means we've reduced the debt on this property by another $25,000. And so it's been exciting. We've been on this journey uh, really for, I mean, we've been on the journey to pay off the building for a long time. But two years ago, a little over two years ago, uh, we were at a conference 
in Virginia, and we really just, I mean, the Lord just pressed in on us and was like, he was like, pay off the debt. And we had to take steps to rearrange things budget-wise and all this other stuff, and we just continued to ask the congregation uh, if, to pray about it, seek the Lord, and if the, you felt the Lord leading you in that way to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings, so your tithes and your offerings are one thing, and we'll talk about that actually a little bit next week because we're in, the, in giving uh, in the spiritual disciplines. Uh, but above and beyond is giving to the capital fund and partnering with us to see this debt reduced. And two years ago, when we made that decision, to today has been over $200,000 of reduction in debt. So praise be to God. Thank you for those who give above and beyond to see that debt uh, reduced. We're excited, uh, which means two more squares uh, will come down, which means we'll be going below a million. So, I mean, I feel like that should be a party. I don't know where we're at, but that should be a party. So if anybody wants to throw a party next week, we just need $50,000. I'm just kidding. That'd be, hey, if you want to, I mean, if the Lord leads you to do that, that would be an amazing. Uh, we do want to celebrate that because we want to celebrate milestones uh, to get these things, to get the debt reduced. And we just believe that God wants us to be debt-free. The Bible talks a lot about it, and it tells us to be, you know, the lender, not the borrower. And we're excited what God's going to go do. So for our offering scripture this morning, I got Matthew 6, verse 24. Matthew 6, verse 24. It says this. It says, no one can serve two masters. Ooh. It feels like it's a theme already today, yeah? Get your hands off of it. Oh. He's talking about money now, too. Oh, no. Yeah, get your hands off of it. You can't serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. Wow, think about that for a minute. Meaning, if we are holding tightly onto those things that are not of him, not of the Lord, we're actually saying to the Lord, is like, you know what, I got this. I can do this on my own. I put trust in my own abilities, skills, and processes, whereas he's saying, no. Trust me, says the Lord. Trust me, says the Lord. You cannot serve both ways. It says you cannot serve both God and mammon, or finances, or money. It says, I wrote a note that says, we will serve you, Lord, and you alone. We will serve you and you alone. Your leadership team is committed to serve him and only him and do as he directs us with the finances. I'm also excited because 2022, 2022, I believe the Lord continues to say the word overflow. The word overflow. And I feel like, babe, when you were over here praying last week, overflow. There's overflow coming in, in area after area after area of our life, not just finances, but overflow in our jobs and overflow in our relationships. Overflow in the lost being saved. Church, overflow in the sick being healed overflow in lives being transformed, overflow in families thriving. That's his word for us as a church. I'm excited with what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm sure looking forward every day to wake up and say, Lord, I believe and I receive and I'll do what you say. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for these tithes, offerings, for the capital fund, the above and beyond, Lord, for missions giving, 
Father God, for all the things that we support and all the missionaries we support monthly, Lord. Father, I pray a blessing on each and every one of them. Specifically, Lord, I'm thinking of the city mission, Lord, as we bless them um, actually every month financially and also uh, with Camille and the team serving there. Father, we just bless the city mission this morning. Father, as they're distributing food to the needy, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we play a part in that financially and physically, Lord. But, Lord, we just ask that your spirit, Father God, will transform lives this morning at the city mission. Lord, I don't know what's going on there right now, but I just feel led to pray for it. So, Father, I just thank you for the team that is serving there today, whomever they be. Father, and that you would just bless them with an anointing to share the gospel message as they hand out food to those in need. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that this debt, this property is paid in full in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving and you are working and you're taking care of all of our needs, both us personally, as a congregation, and as a church. And we thank you for it. And Father, I just pray over this message this morning that you would just open our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We are in the midst of a series that uh, was called Awakening. We're opening up the year called Awakening. But we're looking at the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines that we see happening in the early church in the book of Acts. And we're walking through each one of those over the course of however long it takes. I've got no plans and purposes to finish this. The Lord directs my path. Amen. The Lord directs all of our paths and we listen to him. So however long this series goes, it's going to go. But we change topics every so a uh, couple weeks. We did prayer over the past couple weeks. As you know, we wrapped up prayer last week. And this week, we're going to talk about giving. Yeah, we got an amen from the back. Was that Lynn? Was that you? Come on. <clears throat> We're talking about giving this morning as one of the spiritual disciplines and what that looks like, what that means. And the message this morning is to talk about why give. Why give? We can talk about giving all day, but if you are not, if the Holy Spirit doesn't transform your mind, amen, he's got to transform our mind to understand why we give. Why does the Lord tell us to give? What does it mean to give? And then we're going to look next week as the things that we are able to give. What are the things that God has blessed us with that we can give? Of course, one of those is money. It's not a bad word. We don't serve money. Prosperity is not even a bad word. But we'll get all that next week. But what I'm talking about this week is why give. Acts 2, 42. Let's look at the spiritual disciplines. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine... And in fellowship. They studied the word, church. In the breaking of bread, they fellowshiped together. And in prayer, they prayed. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Their spiritual disciplines, as they sought God, miracles occurred. Church, this, this church is called, is marked by miracles. There's a miracle sitting one, two, three, four rows back to my left. Come on, church, those who know the story. This man was raised from the dead. Coma for six days. We are marked by miracles. God is a miracle-working God. Now, all who believe were together. They were of one accord, church. Unity, unity, unity. And they had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided among them as anyone has need. They gave. 
they gave. They sacrificed and they gave. And so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, in the church, breaking bread from house to house, in their homes, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, worshiping him, and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added daily to those who were being saved. That's the model of the early church. That's what we're modeling Erie Christian Fellowship over. Does it look differently breaking bread together today as it did then? Yes. Does it look differently house to house today as it did then? Well, yeah, of course. We've got different type of construction. Does the temple look differently? Yes, it does. But this is a model and example of what we can look at it as we can learn and grow. If you could put that spiritual disciplines chart up. So here are the spiritual disciplines. If you want to take a picture of this with your phone, these are the ones that we see just in this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2. And what I've been talking about each week, I try to use a little different analogy about when we're missing some of those spiritual disciplines in our life, the effects that it can have. Look, God loves you. Come on, church. God loves you. Can we get, God loves you, right? God loves you. Does he want the best for you? Yes. Is there a part that we play in this, in doing spiritual disciplines in our lives? Yes. He's saying, look, I love you the same whether you do all of these spiritual disciplines or whether you don't do any of them, just as long as you believe in me. However, he's like, there's a blessing on the other side of these spiritual disciplines. And the interesting part is, there's, it's like a whole thing that all works together. It's not just, well, I read the word every day, but I don't pray, I don't worship, I don't give, I don't serve, I don't... Pr-. You're missing things that are a blessing to you, not to God. He's not like, do this because of this or that. It's not a law. It's a spiritual discipline that brings blessing to you. Blessing to you. And giving, church... Giving is actually a blessing to you. Do you know that? Giving is a blessing to you. So the analogy I used two weeks ago was baking, you know, the wonderful cake. And then last week I used the bench press guy in the gym. For those who were here can remember that. I'm not going to go relive that one and just demonstrate that one again. But there was the bench press guy. And he worked on one muscle only, and the rest of his body was like, what's wrong with this guy? Okay. All right. You can go back and listen to that on Spotify or whatever. But since it is Championship Sunday, and I am holding a football, and I'm sorry the Steelers and the Patriots aren't in it. However, I do want to use a football analogy about the difference in the spiritual disciplines versus not... Does anybody remember a guy named Ryan Leaf? I got one. I got a couple. Okay. So a few hands. Raise your hand if you ever heard the name Peyton Manning. Okay. <clears throat> a lot more of you have heard Peyton Manning. Who was Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were the number one and number two draft picks in the same year. And there was a debate over and over and over, it's which one was the better quarterback and which one was going to do better in the NFL. And it went back and forth. There was debate after debate after debate. And guess what happened? Peyton Manning 
Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, nearly everybody in here knows his name, Ryan Leaf. Only a few people know it. And the only reason why you know it is because his horrendous fall in the NFL and not executing the way. Now, sorry, Ryan Leaf, if you're ever watching this, my brother, I apologize for using you in this analogy, and you can use me in an analogy sometime in the future if you ever have to. I get it. I'm sorry. But the, the difference is, you look, he had all the talent. He had all the natural skills that Peyton Manning had, every one of them. But the discipline and the execution and the commitment of Peyton Manning versus Ryan Leaf was remarkably different. And so the same goes with us in our spiritual walk. God loves Ryan Leaf as much as he loves Peyton Manning. God loves you as much as he loves me or the next person. It doesn't matter the amount of spiritual disciplines that you do, except for the fact that God wants to bless you through them. And you can see on the other side the difference between those two guys and the outcome of their career. By the way, Tom Brady announced his retirement yesterday. Everybody can get an amen so someone else can go to the Super Bowl periodically. Okay, so we want to talk about giving today. Giving. Why do we give? I've got six reasons why we give. You ready for those? I do have them up on the chart. I don't have a handout this morning. But here's what the Bible says, because at the end of the day, we always turn to the Bible. What is it about? Not by good idea or someone else's good idea, or I heard something said that sounded kind of cool. Is it based in biblical truth, yes or no? So why do we give? Number one, we give because God said to. Come on, church. We give because he said he commanded us to give. He commanded us to give our tithes, of our time, of our... He commands us to give. We give because God said to. In Luke 6, look there, I could have picked out like 25 different scriptures to support this point. But I picked this one interestingly enough, and you'll understand why here in a minute. Luke 6, 37. I'm not starting in verse 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Ooh. I thought we were talking about giving. Church, I feel like at, at the end of the day, we're always either giving or receiving. Even when we're sleeping, we're receiving rest, we're receiving, you know what I mean, restoration to our body. We're always giving or receiving, and we actually have an opportunity to not judge. We have this opportunity not to do something that even our flesh wants to go do. It says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. He's listing out the things that he is calling us to do. Do these things, and then he says, I love it, he leaves it for last. Give, this is Jesus talking, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, sounds like overflow, church, running over, will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. And interestingly enough, we use that verse when it comes to giving, but we forget that if one verse earlier, it talks about judging, condemning, the same, and forgiving the same measure in which we do those things, it comes back to us. The same measure. 
We give, why? Because God said to give. And it's interestingly, when we talk about blessing or being blessed, how many know that being blessed because we gave this overflow, it's a perspective? It's a perspective. I know, I mean, I'm talking, it's not just me, it doesn't mean just financial either. I know people through some of my other job that I have, I know people who are legit millionaires, legit multi-millionaires. And I can tell you, they walk around not saying they are blessed. Because the perspective is, is our blessing is from him and from him alone. And when we, we could have $1 in our bank account and we can walk around and say, I am blessed because of God and who he says that I am and he will do what he says I can do, whether we have $1 or if we have a million dollars in our bank account. Blessed is a perspective. It is not a monetary value. You don't look at your bank account or this or that or relationship and say, when I get to this number, then I'm blessed. When I get to this number, then I'll give. If I, you know, if I just, I just need one more zero in that bank account, and then I'll begin to give. No, the Lord says, give, give now, forgive now, don't judge now, don't condemn now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day He's challenging us in these areas in our life. And I think what we have to realize is this element of this word called contentment. Contentment. It says in 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 6, says this. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. And the godliness, if you look at what that word means, it means the gospel scheme. Our hearts being aligned for his kingdom and his kingdom alone, and being content that he is using us the way he is using us, that he is blessing us the way he is blessing us, that type of contentment is great gain. Is great gain. Not going after more, not trying to get more, but it's that godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7 says this, For we brought nothing into this world. How many of you came in with anything? Mm, bad visual right now. Yeah, very bad visual. I'm talking about as a baby. Babies are cute naked, okay, whatever. You guys are, but you brought nothing in. You came in with nothing, and guess what? You're leaving with nothing. Except where you're going is dramatically different whether you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or not. And so what you do in the beginning and the end in that meantime is we are just distribution centers, church. I've said this over and over. The talents, the gifts, the money, the time, it's just a distribution center. God has blessed us with it. He's calling us to give it. He's calling us to give it. We brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, these we shall be content. Those who desire to be rich. Those who give just so they can get. Here's what happens. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. And a snare. Sounds like a trap. Remember the snare of offense? We've talked about a trap. It's a trap. And into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men. Drown us. Have you ever experienced in the deep end 
and you can't get up because you got a cramp in your leg, come on, and you can't breathe, and if anybody has ever had the experience where you can't breathe and you're, you're struggling for air, it's a scary thing. Look at that. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of it that's the root of the evil. Not the use of it. It's not bad. Money is a tool that can be used. Our time is a tool that can be used. But it's the love of money. It's the love of that. It's the wanting of it. It's this, I just want it for what? For what? What do you want it for is the question. So why give? That's what we're talking about. Why give? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through the many sorrows. Ugh. Okay, get off of that one. Number two, moving on. We give because it blesses others. Straight up. We give because it blesses others. We read in, in Acts chapter 2, we read this already, 44. Now all who believed were together, they had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. When we give of our money, of our time, of our talents, it blesses somebody else. It blesses somebody else. Number three, we give because it blesses us. So this, the, the, God does, he does an amazing thing. I feel like all the principles of like the world, God just confounds the wise. He confounds the wise. just like, yeah, if you tithe and only operate on your 90% only, yeah, it actually ends up equating to more than 100%. You're like, what? And then you have a principle like this. We give because it blesses us. You're like, wait a second, no. You just told me that it blesses others. Yeah, it does bless others, but it actually blesses you more. It blesses you more to give. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's look at that verse, Acts 20, starting in verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, verse 34. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities, for those who were with me, verse 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now I have an example in our own personal life of this. Is This was back probably back in 2010. Uh, probably maybe 2010 or 2011. And we were in need of groceries. We were in need of groceries at the time. And we just sought the Lord and prayed. and said, Lord, we need groceries. We need like 200 bucks for groceries. And I kid you not, we were praying. I don't remember if it was the same day or if it was the next day. Was that later that evening, legit, somebody comes to the door and knocks on our door, uncalled on, unexpected, and hands us a gift card for $200 to go get groceries. 
I was like, what? Are you kidding? I like, wait, I prayed for, man, I should have prayed for more than 200. <laughs> right? What was the need? And we, I, we prayed for the need. And it came, and I, we were moved, and we're like, oh my gosh, Lord, this is absolutely amazing. Wonderful blessing. It was so blessed to receive. But about a year ago, there was a family that was in need. And we had a little extra. And we put together a package of groceries like nobody's business. I'm talking about above and beyond, but I'm talking about not like the cheap butter. I'm talking about the Kerrygold butter. I'm talking about the most expensive butter, the good meat. We were going to bless a family. And I tell you what, church, as we were even just gathering our family and putting the stuff in the bag, I started crying. And as we delivered it, I'm holding back tears because of this principle. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I was giving something and that was blessing up her, but I was being blessed even more so. And I asked the Lord, why is that? Lord, why was I very much moved by the money I got, but more moved almost to the multiplication factor when I was able to give? And he said this. He said, because giving is in my image. Giving is who I am. And I was like, because when I check the Bible, it says we are created in his image. And when we operate as God operates, and when we give as he gave, for he so loved the world that he gave, we then are blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. And we know that God loves a cheerful giver, amen? Cheerful giver. Number four, we give... This is going to be a tough one. We give because it aligns our flesh with our spirit. You're like, what? I thought fasting did that. Well, it does. But here, let's look at a story. In, th- in this week's reading, if you're reading along the Bible in a year plan with us, we've been reading in Luke. Look at Luke 18. Turn with me to Luke 18. It's interesting. There's two stories about rich people in our reading this week, and we're talking about giving. And we can learn from both of these stories. We give because it aligns our flesh with our spirit. Now a certain ruler, starting in verse 18, Luke 18, verse 18. Now a certain ruler asked him, asking Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He asked, legit question. A question every person will ask at some point in time in their life. What do I have to do? Now, we know the answer to that. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. I just pause there for a minute and just like, what? Jesus is is saying that. Perfect Jesus. Perfect Jesus saying him. Him. Pointing to him. Can we live that way? Just him. My hands off him. Verse 20. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the rich young ruler who's asking these questions is just like, yeah. 
Uh-huh. I do all those things. I filled all those commands, all those religious rules. Got it, did it, got it, did it. You're going through your checklist of things. Yep, did that, did that. Yep, I give this, I do this, I do that. I'm good. And then Jesus says this. Well, he says, that the, the rich man says, verse 21, he says, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack something. You're still lacking this one thing. The one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Here's what Jesus is challenging him. Do you trust me? Do you trust me with everything? You don't just trust me because of your good works, because your behaviors, you followed all the commands. Do you trust me? Will you align your flesh with your spirit man and trust him completely in everything? Jesus doesn't call all of us to sell everything that we have. But what he does call us to do is to trust him. To trust him. Jesus knew this guy. He knew the thing that was keeping him from eternal life. It's not that he couldn't sell his money. It was that he didn't trust God. He didn't align his spirit man with God. Verse 23 says this. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was rich. Yeah. Extremely rich. His faith was in his money and not in the Lord. He was holding on to something so tightly he didn't give it to the Lord. What is it this morning that you're holding on tightly to? Could be money, could be your time, could be a relationship. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're holding on to a sin that you, gotta, you just need to let it go and give it to him. Will you trust him this morning in every area of your life? We always talk about we make Jesus our Savior, but we also make him our Lord. Ruler over every area of our life, our finances. Lord, I trust you. I will do what you've called me to go do in these finances. This man was sorrowful because he was very rich. The Bible says clearly that every Christian needs to tithe, but it's more than that. What he's talking about here is do you trust him? Will you align your heart with him? The scripture goes on to say in verse 24, and the subtitle is, with God all things are possible. So here's the good news. That thing that you're holding on to that he's asking you to release, it's been the theme of this entire morning, the thing you're holding on to that you have to release, with him it's possible. With him he is able. Because of him you can let this thing go today. And Jesus saw, he became very sorrowful and said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? For it's easier... For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Think about that analogy for a second. Go ahead. Are you thinking about it? You picturing like a camel trying to get through a needle? It's ridiculous. It's impossible. 
It's impossible. You say, well, if I have money, is it impossible? No, because with him all things are possible. Verse 26, and those who heard it said this, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, but he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. God is able, church. He challenges us to give because he wants to, it actually exposes where we're having challenges in our life. Number five, we give to expand God's kingdom. We don't give just to bless someone. We don't give just to get something back. We give because God said to, but we give to expand God's kingdom. I'm going to read you a story out of Luke 16. Every time I read this story, I actually sometimes have a hard time finishing it. I'll just read it to you. It says, there was a certain rich man, another rich man, who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. Sounds like a good life. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, different Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So here's a rich man living sumptuously. Sounds pretty good. And there was someone in need who was right in front of him. Someone who was in desperate need, literally at his gate. He sees him, and it doesn't say that he did anything about it. It doesn't say that he gave the man anything. It said that he was looking for the crumbs. Church, we in America, every one of us, you understand, are rich. I read a statistic that said, if you have running water and a toilet in your house, you're in the top 33% of the world's most richest people. A toilet and water, that's it. That signifies you as being in the top 30% richest people in the world. I believe most of you probably here have a toilet and water where you're going back to. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. We're here for a short time, church. We're here for a short time. This is the truth of life. Every one of us will die in the natural can't escape it. Verse 23, and being in torments in Hades, in hell, being in torments, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus, the beggar, in his bosom. And he cried and he said this, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame the picture of that gosh 
the picture of that. Do we understand, church, that that is the fate of every human being who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Why do we give? Are you kidding me? We give because God's kingdom needs to move forward. Because God's kingdom has to be expanded. Because the lost have to be saved. And I know we've got families and we've got jobs. And I'm not saying you just stop doing all these other things. But it is a heart perspective. It's a perspective that we have to day in and day out understand and be reminded that the lost need to be saved. And that we give of our time, we give of our talents, we give of our money, we give of our testimony because the lost need saved, church. This is the picture of what happens to somebody. They're begging for a drip of water. This is hell. This is what hell is like. I've asked the Lord over and over, Lord, I, don't want, I don't know why I asked this, but I said, Lord, give me a revelation of what it's actually like. And it points to this scripture all the time. Tormented. Tormented in this flame. Why do we give? Because God's kingdom needs to be expanded. God's kingdom has to move forward. It's the only light in this world that there is. Being in torments, verse 23 in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. Gosh. 24, he's tormented in this flame. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Why? Because he had good things? No. Because he didn't trust in the Lord God to be his Savior. He trusted more in his money and in his riches than in God. And besides all this, verse 26, between us there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor those from there pass to us. When it's over, it's over. We have this time on this earth and God is calling us to be givers, not so that we can be blessed although that is a principle we just looked at, but so that we can see God's kingdom expanded. In verse 29, well, verse 27 says this, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. And so you picture this guy in hell. If you can't help me, would you please go help my family? Will you please reach out to someone, any one of my brothers, somebody, somehow, reach out to them. Tell them, tell them, tell them. God has called us to be his voice on this earth. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them. Least they also come to this place of torment. Verse 29, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Saying, there's a church. There's those who believe in God. We as a church, we give so we can see the kingdom of God expanded. Jake, if you want to come back up. 
I know this is a bit of a somber message as I ended with this. But the whole point of this is for us to understand why do we give? Why do we give? What is it? Why is God calling us to give? Of our money, of our tithes. Why is he calling us to be debt free? Because he wants his kingdom to be expanded. Number six is this. We give because he gave. At the end of the day, we give because he gave. Not just because he said to, not because somebody will be blessed or will be blessed, not because it just aligns us with him. We give because he gave. The Bible says in John 3, For God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We serve a God that's a giving God. We serve a God that's a loving God. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Oh, Lord. I don't know about you guys, but my heart just breaks for those who are lost. And I want to live my life in a way that is a testimony to him. Just close your eyes this morning, bow your heads. Just ask him now, ask him. Say, Lord, what am I holding on to? that I need to give. Maybe you're holding on to a lie, a thought. Maybe you're holding on to your finances. What are you holding on to? Because he's saying this morning, take your hands off of it. And give it to me. Your calling, your motherhood, your job, your career, let it go this morning. Let it go. Trust in Him, He says this morning. Trust in me, says the Lord. Trust in me, says the Lord. Father, our hearts are to see your kingdom expanded. Lord, we will do whatever you tell us to do. Father, we submit to your will. We align our hearts to your will. 
Lord, your word says that your will is that none shall perish without knowing me. So, Father, I call to action this church. I call to action this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit to be givers. To be givers of our testimony, of our time, of our talents. Father, we just want to serve you, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, sometimes there's exciting messages when you all get riled up and run out of here shouting and yelling. There's sometimes there are messages that I really feel like the Holy Spirit is convicting us on, convicting me on. And I'm sure some of you here, what are we holding on to that we need to give? What have I held on to so tightly I have to give to him today? Cool. All right, so if there's, uh, we'll have some prayer teams that are going to be up here that will pray with you at the end of service. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you'd be like, you know what? The first thing I want to give is my life. The first thing I want to give is I need Jesus. I need him in my life. We've got teams up here that will pray for you. They will agree with you. I'm going to close with this, guys, as the prayer teams can come up as I close here. Why don't you stand with me as I, as I read this? <clears throat> Just receive this benediction this morning. Just close your eyes. Lift your hands to heaven if you want. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you, equip you, equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ. To Him, to Him, church, to Him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week and see you Wednesday night, worship and prayer night, 6.30 right here.